Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I'm Bennett Conlon, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. We get to talk a little football this week. We're playing, we've, you know, we've been waiting for this all year, right? A big game at Bridgeforth against a team from North Dakota. Yeah, I mean, we are one game removed from the game I think we all want to see, which is North Dakota State. But, you know, a nice little appetizer, a nice little uh, wedding of our palate, if you want to say, is North Dakota itself. It's coming to Bridgeforth this Saturday. But I think first, before we dive into that game, what to expect, we need to talk about VMI and we'll talk about the game, but I think we really want to dive into the fan reaction afterwards. Yeah, well, I'm gonna last time I felt like I was I was being a blabbermouth. So I wanna I wanna ask you a few questions that I had. And that was probably because last time I was the one just I was just giving you the softballs and I well, was we're, the, we're flipping the script today. Yeah, here we go. I'm, <laughs> some softballs first off do you think vmi is good yes okay because a like, lot of, i feel like that was a lot of the conversation right As jamie fans were not thinking vmi was good yeah and i think that was kind of the robert morris i mean granted we don't really know what robert morris was as a team because jamie was like their only game this season but that was kind of like the the discussion after the robert morris game we were kind of like this is a team that's on the rise that's good that just switched to the big south and JMU, like you weren't, we weren't expecting a 70 to two blowout. Where this game again, I think if you're not a diehard FCS fan, if you're not on FCS football Twitter, you see VMI and you're like, oh, this team won the Big South in a fluke of a spring season. They're uh, academy. They're not that good. They're they're okay. Like it's, I think a lot of people thought VMI was a fluke this season, a bad team that that somehow won the Big the SoCon, excuse me. But VMI's a team that's on the rise. You, you kept hearing them say it on the broadcast. Six seniors, they're going to be back. They're going to keep beating people up in the SoCon if they can keep that core together. Um, and VMI's a good team that runs an up-tempo, air-raid, weird offense that'll, that Jamie's never seen before and will never see before. They're a great coach. They're coached by a great coach. They're, they're just a good team. Like, I don't know, like, how else to put it. So – Coming into it, JMU was 14-point favorites, and that was about right. And that's what they were the entire game until a garbage-time touchdown. And we have to talk about that garbage-time touchdown because that was, that was kind of 
what sparked things a little bit is I think JMU fans, and we talked about this offline, but I think they, once they saw the seven point advantage, what kind of beer you got there? So um, real quick, this is not, <laughs> I'm completely just diving for the off. For the people who don't watch, they're probably confused, but for both of us, this is <laughs> so clean line. This is a complete, complete tangent here. I mean, I'm Bunch drinking, we're, we're recording after 5 p.m., so I thought it was okay to crack open a cold one. It's Industrial Arts. It's a brewery up here in New York, right outside the city, upstate New York. And they have fantastic beers, like a beer called Wrench, Torque Wrench, great IPAs, really good stuff. And they have this thing called State of the Art Series, which is where they do experimental beer techniques, brewing in small batches. And this is a hazy IPA. The head tastes like the foaminess of it, tastes no joke, smack like weed. Um, <laughs> but the beer, it's it's weird because like the, the head tastes like that and it kind of smells like that. And then the beer itself just tastes like a classic hazy IPA. It's really good. Not have, sponsored, but industrial arts, even though it's in upstate New York, if you want to sponsor us, let us know. They've got a weed-esque beer at Pro Reynada and it's in Crozet. It's a little bit outside Charlottesville and... Uh, very giving off some big weed vibes. <laughs> you know another beer that gives off weed vibes on the smell sometimes? Corona. Yeah. Okay. Enough about beer That's weed. That's why you gotta add the lime in there. But <laughs> <laughs> we, no, <laughs> we we love our beer. So uh, we have to talk talk beer occasionally. But basically what we were talking about before, for those of you who zoned out for 30 seconds, is the, the garbage time touchdown right away. I think it came with nine seconds left. DMI score in the back yeah. of the end zone and JMU fans then with it only being a seven point win were like oh they only won by a score <laughs> but they did like and that's the annoying part like and that's what I kept trying to say in like my takeaways from the game you said it too JMU led by 14 plus almost the entire game yeah so I mean they go up 14 to 3 with 1054 left in the second quarter and they led by double digits until nine seconds left in the game Right. So like, it's, I don't know. Everyone's like, Oh, they only won by a score. It's like, okay, well they were leading by a lot the whole time, which kind of brings me to my next point. They obviously missed some plays. Cole Johnson threw a couple uh, interceptions and they made some mistakes. They had some drops early in the game where he was throwing dimes on deep balls and they (laughs) they were dropping it. Wells almost dropped the 62 yard touchdown. So the receivers were a little shaky with their hands. Then he also missed some open guys, but I think, what stands out to me is like JMU fans and even the team, they're talking about like they didn't think they played that well. And do you agree with that? I kind of thought they played fine. Here's the thing. I never thought the game was in doubt. Yeah. Like there was never a time I was watching the game and I was like, I, there was one text I sent Bennett. It was right when VM, it was the very <laughs> first punt and VMI then gets it. The huge like 63 yard run on like the end round. I was like, oh, VMI might win. Uh, and then of course, Wesley McCormick picks it off in the end zone. And that was that. Outside of that one big play, there was never a time I was watching the game and I was like, JMU's going to lose this. Was it a good game from a play perspective? No, in my opinion. Like, it wasn't a great game. Like, you mentioned the drops. When it wasn't the receivers, Cole was missing targets. The the running game outside the 99-yard rush never really fully got going, but that's also because they were stacking eight, nine men in the box, and that's why they were having those deep shots. I loved the coaching of the game. I love the play calling. I I loved the game plan going into it. That was probably one of the best games I've ever seen from a game plan perspective from Kurt Signetti. I think we differ from the JMU fan public a lot on this, but the two of us are kind of in line with it. 
we both kind of think that like they're gonna have to go as far as like Cole can take them. Yeah. Like those deep shots and those plays. And like I get the running game, but like they ran for 300 yards and people stacking the box, which is obviously super impressive. But at the same time, like I think North Dakota State's a better, I mean North Dakota. God, Come on, man. That's gonna be so annoying. I think North Dakota is a better, <laughs> a better team defensively than BMI. I think North Dakota State, if they get to that point, or even Sam Houston State. Uh, have better defenses then i assume it'll be probably south dakota state delaware didn't show me a whole lot on that side of the bracket um so i would guess south dakota state makes all those teams are are better defensively and you're probably not gonna crush them running it if they stack the box like i don't know like they kind of have to keep throwing it right i love the deep shots i love the deep shots are great well i think in these games a friend of ours dom keeps talking about it. he's like all these teams are exactly the same and so it, it who who has a better who plays the best game from start to finish? And I think this is my gut feeling. Both teams are going to be just three yards, three yards, two yards. Like, I think that those are the games we're going to be seeing. So it's going to be who can break that Jawan Hamilton 99 yard rush, who can connect on those deep balls. So back to what you were saying, that's why, that's why I liked playing them because that was a game where you're only going to have one or two like broken play touchdowns. And that's going to be the difference at the end of the game. And that's what it was. Take away the 99 yard touchdown. Yeah. It was a garbage time touchdown that BMI scored at the end, but let's just say everything else holds up the way it was. That's a tie game. If you take out that one 99 yard rush. So I think it's going to be coming down to, it's going to be a game of who can get that big chunk play mistake touchdown and whoever does that is going to end up winning not only this round, but next round and the national championship. So keep chucking it. That's my thing. Cole was, yeah. Cole was on. Cole was throwing dimes. Yeah, and like, like Cole's a game manager, but he can also hit 50-yard touchdowns. Like he's, his arm's not horrible. I feel like it's gotten better as the season has progressed. I will say, if there were two over-the-top safeties, I don't want Cole throwing a 50-yard 50 50-yard 50 ball. They lack they, umph, they lack velocity, where if it's a single high safety who rotates to the right side of the field and you have a press guy on the left who hits and then yes. Antoine Wells blows by him, Cole, throw that all day, I beg of you. But if there's two safeties and there's a guy on him where he blows past his corner, but, the, but then the safety's there as backup, don't throw it. Just, just dump it, please, because I don't trust his arm in that scenario. Yeah. I think that's fair. If they've got some guys back and they're not stacking the box too, too bad, then you can lean on the run and some of the intermediate stuff. But I don't know. I think he's got more in him. I think he had some throws that were darn good, and these guys kept dropping them. I was also impressed. He had like a third and eight, or maybe it wasn't that long. Maybe I'm giving him a little extra yardage. But he, he ran for the first down in like JMU territory and lowered his shoulder. I was like, all right, like I can st- stop with the gauge talk. Like let's just ride Cole the rest of the season. I like how he's played. Yeah, I, 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 I put a graphic out from Jamie Sports News on Twitter, and it was kind of underwhelming in terms of, like, the actual statistics. And that's why I put the last line bench, question mark, yes or no. Um, but Cole's play has been so much better coming out of the pause. The pre-pause, numbers were, were relatively the same. The difference, though, he has this moxie about him. He's hitting people. He's playing with a confidence that we didn't see pre-pause. I got to open the door for my cat. Well, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like the pause did him well. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he's, he's way more confident. He's looking good. He's actually playing decent football, which is exciting. 
So I don't, I mean, I, here's my thing. It's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think Jamie is that good. So, I mean, I know they didn't execute the way they could have executed, but like the team and then the fans are like, gosh, I expected a lot more. I didn't expect anything more than that. Like them winning to me was, was good. Cause I don't, I don't think they're that good. <laughs> That's a great point. No team is good. No yeah. team is good. North Dakota state should have lost to Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington scored on their first three drives, missed an f- extra point, and then missed a field goal on their fourth drive. And then North Dakota State from there just was a boa constrictor and does what North Dakota State does and kind of looked like it was a blowout at the end. But I, no team is good. So JMU, it's literally survive in advance at this point. Like, yeah. that's all JMU has to do, and that's what they're doing. And I forgot what the point of this – rant that i'm kind of going on now it was i mean i think they can compete with anyone but 2016 2017 2019 jmu i think those are all way better teams yes yes that's what that's what the point was yes 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 2021 would lose to any of the last five years as teams they might beat 2018 if they got them on the right day yeah but threw like 14 interceptions yeah that 2018 team though was either really good or really bad they probably had a higher ceiling. I think this team has a chance, though, for Cole. If Cole throws five, I think the difference is maybe that Cole doesn't have the same leash that Danucci had. <laughs> He's not throwing five and staying in the game at this point. So maybe that's the only difference with them. But I mean, I they're. Want... Go ahead. Okay. I want to know your. I mean, we've, we've been touching on it, like kind of beating around the bush, but straight up, what was your reaction after JMU wins the game? And then seeing JMU fans just pissed. I almost had an aneurysm, I think, reading all the takes. Honestly, man, like people were, were ragging on them. They were talking, someone, <laughs> and this is my fault for reading Twitter mentions and taking them as anything and actually reading into them. But people were saying that there's a, a serious coaching problem at JMU, which cracks me. They're 20 and two under Signetti. Is that, why you that? <laughs> is that why you tweeted that? As, yeah, of course it is. A serious <laughs> coaching problem to me is like you have recruiting violations or it's a like scandal. Young, it's Youngstown State, what they're yes. going through right now. Like Yes. <laughs> or the guy like literally can't win a game. They're 20 and two and people are like, he's too conservative. That's With the same... losses being an FBS team and North Dakota State. Let's throw that out there. Too. And I will I will say if he was more aggressive in either of those games, they might be 22 and 0. I will say that. But a lot of those 20 wins are due to him being super conservative, getting up 10, they run the ball. They punt the ball a whole bunch. Like they just do what they need to do to win the game. They kick field goals. Ethan Radke is like has all these CA records in part because Kurt Sigetti <laughs> is fine kicking field goals. So I don't know. I thought they were fine. Like I think I don't know. I just JMU fans. I was shocked at the reaction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's also that's also what spurred me to tweet my takeaways from the game <laughs> because I just saw fans getting so upset and like. I get it. Jamie didn't play well. We this is what we expect. If you're watching on YouTube, this is this is hard to display over <laughs> audio. But this is what we expect from JMU way up here, and this is what they are this season. But this is where the rest of the FCS is. So like it really does. So it's like, but I think that's they're just so there's such high expectations for Jamie, which is great. But at the same time, I think we need to kind of temper them this season. Jamie's still playing in the FCS quarterfinals. Coaching wasn't the problem. Like, all of this stuff. 
That wasn't the problem. The problem was that they just didn't execute perfectly. They didn't play their best game. The game plan was amazing. You guys, I don't, you guys is a little aggressive because I don't know if it's all of our listeners. <laughs> but the problem is like, JMU fans want Kurt Signetti to be aggressive. And then when he goes out and his game plan is, his first play of the game is a 50-yard bomb that's a dime and it's dropped. And then for the rest of the game, they keep testing the defense. And they're like, no, coaching is a problem. This can't be. And it's like, you literally, North, last, North, not, last loss, you were complaining that he was too conservative when he should have thrown it here, gone for a fake there. This season, we've seen a fake field goal. We've seen him open up the play. Donnie Kirkpatrick's playbook came to play against VMI. And we're upset about it? Come on. That's the part that gets me the most is like the people wanted him to, some people I saw and I agreed with them is they wanted, they got the ball back with like a minute left of 21 to three in the first half. And they wanted them to like push it. And they ran out the clock. They basically yeah. ran like one play. And like, I agree there that they probably could have tried to do something, but at the same time, like if you're going up 21 to three at halftime, I think he's taking that yeah, given I, how his team played in like rain in the second half. I think, I think that's also the thing is like, Mike Houston had a little bit of that, like, kick them while they're down. Like, he was a conservative coach. And even Withers was like this, too. Kick them while they're down. Just run up the score. Let's just keep scoring. Where Signetti is a very, like, I'm going to get up 21-3, to and I'm going to trust my defense just to do its job. Which, which was kind of bad, because VMI then in the second half found its second life. But at the end of the day, that's, that's who Kurt Signetti is. Like, that and you said it earlier that's why they're 20 and 2 yeah exactly and like mike houston was in 2018 was a bit of a coward i think like oh, yeah. they were they were they went for it going into the playoffs like two times on fourth down i remember looking that up and that was the fewest like fourth down attempts of anyone in d3 d2 fbs or fcs but like you're right he did have those like 80 to 7 games where then people decided that like he was an offensive guru when really we had like four good running backs we were playing a rhode island team with like and we had legitimate Brian Shore, arguably right. the best quarterback in JMU history, and then Ben DiNucci, who, bag on them all you want, is a NFL quarterback. Right. Yeah, I mean, they've had some guys. I don't think anyone's making the case for Cole. Uh, <laughs> maybe me, me six months ago. You heard the news? 49ers <laughs> taking them three. 49ers Probably. are going after Cole, so we'll see if he's even available for if they want him to play against North Dakota. But, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I just think that, like, Jamie fans kind of overreacted. For me, there are 16 teams left, and they were they won, and now there are eight teams left. They're one of those teams. Like, the way they played in March, I wasn't sure they'd be in the postseason. So as we discussed, Jamie fans are lunatics, and uh, but the two of us, Jack, we're very reasonable, and, and that's why we're, we're going to give you our reason takes on North Dakota. The Fighting Hawks, I said in the newsletter that uh, Jamie is going to win 34-17. to I, I, It's too bold. I think it's too bold. You got to walk that back right now. Here's your chance to walk it back. <laughs> I'm going to stick to it because I put it in writing. But uh, North Dakota is pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to go 31-27. North Dakota winning. JMU winning. Okay. See, they scare me a little bit, but then I don't know how to get a read on them because, like, they've been really good at home. They had a crazy long COVID pause before the playoffs, and then they blew out Missouri State. Tough loss for Missouri State for their 33rd loss of the season. It's also Missouri State. They suck. They're not good. They did not deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, but they got a win over – they have a win over Southern Illinois. They beat South Dakota State uh, and then North Dakota State blow them out. 
Yeah, it was it was weird because I remember that North Dakota North Dakota State game was kind of the biggest game of the spring season. People thought this was the year North Dakota could finally take them down. I bet North Dakota because they were some. Great I also did. <laughs> I really thought. That, I'm mad about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, North Dakota to me they're kind of weird because yeah, a couple weird losses. Um. I think they have two losses, right? Just the one, just the one. Really, there were one loss. I swore there were two losses. Just the North Dakota State loss, but okay. they've only played. They're five and one. They haven't played that much. Okay, but still, kind of a weird loss because it was such a blowout in a game that we were like South Dakota State is a better team, and this is just like kind of, I think it's just a, a the epitome of spring football. South Dakota State's a better team than North Dakota State is this season. Yet somehow they beat South Dakota State, but got blown out by North Dakota State. Um, here's my analysis take. All right. You ready for this? This is going to be go for it. You ready? Oh yeah. The team that takes care of the ball is going to win. I'll even double down on it. The team that controls the trenches is going to win as cliche as that is. I think they're so evenly matched and that's honestly what it all is going to be like who, who is going to, not make that costly turnover. Honestly, I trust North Dakota more not to do that just because I've seen Cole Johnson play. <laughs> you haven't seen Tommy Schuster much, huh? No, he's he's been pretty good. He's only thrown three picks. So yeah, Cole but, uh, three picks in one half. <laughs> exactly. But North Dakota, like the thing about them just going through what they've done this year, like they don't do a lot of dumb things, which is like a lot in FCS. Like if you're able to just avoid stupid mistakes, yeah. I think that holds a lot of weight at any level, but I think especially at the FCS in the spring, like they control time of possession, most games, they're 45% on third downs in the red zone. 17 of their 22 trips have ended in a touchdown. Like they just, they just do what you're supposed to do. They can run it. They can pass it. They don't make a lot of mistakes. I think they had, I want to say they had a defensive touchdown and a blocked punt touchdown against Missouri state in that opening playoff win. So like they just, they play well, they're good. They're balanced. They do things well. Uh, the one thing that does kind of stand out is they had Bo Belquist, who leads the team in receptions. He's second in yards and tied for the team lead in touchdowns. Had four catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown against Missouri State, and he broke his leg in that game. Oh so, no! So <laughs> I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, that was I was true. That was it came out <laughs> of sarcastic. That's true. I feel bad for the kid. It and stinks. He's yeah, he's a good player. Also, for him. A broken leg. That for a receiver, that sucks. Absolutely sucks. So he will obviously be out uh, against JMU he's not going to play a week after breaking his leg so that's that's a tough blow for them they still got some options but uh definitely hurts them there Signetti said that their running back is the best running back he's seen in four or five years which I think is is quite humorous considering he was the Elon coach when he went up against like all those JMU running backs but uh yeah they've got a good running game and, and some good players there but um yeah I don't know they're good yeah, they're a good team, but but we both expect JMU to win. I think it helps JMU, one, that they're at home because North Dakota has not been quite as good on the road. I think they've also somehow had, like, full capacity at home or something. They've had something weird like that where they've had, like, pretty decent crowds. But uh, JMU, I think it'll help them to be at home. They're playing a night game in Harrisonburg. I kind of like the feel of that. I think they'll be comfortable. So, I mean, they've got that going for them. I also think having played two weeks in a row, which they hadn't done 
in a really long time. They haven't done that since Robert Morris uh, going into the Elon game. So I think that maybe they get a rhythm going. I would hope, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, it's, it's two evenly matched football teams, North Dakota State, North, wow, it's already happening. North Dakota's a little bit shaky on the road. JMU is nearly unbeatable at home. I think their last home loss in the last four years was against Elon. Yeah, um, I think that's right. So, yeah, I mean, what I struggle with is I really do think it's going to be the team that, that commits the least amount of stupid mistakes Yeah, and kind of the epitome of JMU in the last few big games has been committing stupid mistakes. Um, and that falls back on coaching, in my opinion, and we just did see the best coaching performance of the season, nay of Signetti's era. So hopefully we can kind of see that pushed over. I think it's going to be a really good game. Defense is going to get tested. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully it's, the secondary plays a good game. It's going to be a battle. I can't wait for it. It sets up potentially, potentially a home semifinal against North Dakota State, which plays Sam Houston. Sam Houston stunk in the first round against Monmouth, no, in they, my opinion. They played yes. for a half. Okay, well, they were outgained by like 100 yards <laughs> by Monmouth at home. So they did get up 21 nothing, but then they needed like an interception in the end zone to win 21-15. So I was not impressed by them at all. Yeah, but that, hopefully Jamie can pull it out. Hopefully North Dakota State can pull it out. Can you imagine Jamie North Dakota State at Bridgeforth? That would be a heck of a game. I'm trying to go. I think we might be there if that happens. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's got it. <laughs> it's exciting. The potential is exciting. The other side, you've got Jacksonville State and Delaware, which got snubbed. They don't get to be on TV. They're on ESPN three. The other three games are all on TV. Delaware, we got to talk about Delaware. Delaware looks like been snubbed again. Delaware, the season of snubbing. Granted, they had a terrible <laughs> game against who they. They barely beat Sacred Heart. That was disgusting. That was such an <laughs> ugly game. We were watching it and texting back and forth. Delaware just couldn't move the football. But Nolan oh. Henderson, like the slant, like the quick hits, and like Nolan Henderson was run. It, it reminded me of Kurt Signetti when he was too, too set on running the ball. And like, I mean, we saw it against VMI a couple times. We've seen it throughout the Signetti. The box is stacked. They're going to stop you on the run. And Delaware doesn't have the plethora of running backs that JMU does. And they just kept. But then they would throw it, and it'd be like a 10-yard game. And they're like, all right, run, 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 and now we're punting. God, it was <laughs> an annoying game to watch. It was infuriating. Sacred Heart was balling out, too, playing really well. Their punter had the biggest leg I've ever seen. This kid was booming him. And then he's got one in his own end zone. They snap it like eight yards over his head. <laughs> that, was like the de- that was the difference in the game, right? They ended up winning by nine, I think. But it was, it was pretty huge because, like, it was a field goal battle. They had the 53-yard field goal for Delaware that I was laughing when the kid came out. I was like, no chance he makes this. That was so fun. He trots up. I was watching it happen, and they're like, well, the announcers like, weren't doing the best job at like telling us what, yes. what unit was running out. They're like, um, here comes – they're doing that? And it was like, doing what? Because the camera was like close in on the coach. And I remember just thinking, like, what's happened? Are they going for it? Is that why they're so – I was like, they must be punting. And they zoom out, and there's the field goal kicker. And I was like, no shot. And he kicked it, and I think it hit the 
Yes, it hit the what crossbar, I guess. I guess the crossbar and then bounced in. That was absolutely absurd. It was truly wild, and I think it was just an incredibly odd game to watch. It was certainly exciting and and kind of hilarious to 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 watch that entire game. But then also the logo for when he was kicking, it looked like he was on the blue hen, and I was like, what is this, like a 70-yard field goal? So their logo must really span a lot of the field. I was going to say, I think the blue hen is huge. Yeah. That because when I saw it, I was like, "What is, is this a joke?" And they're like fifty three, and I was like, "All right, that's whatever." But they ended up winning. They'll have Jacksonville State, which blew out non scholarship Davidson, and then on the other side, Weber State are frauds. They're out. I had that minus four. They end up losing. Whatever. They used like three quarterbacks for a bunch of reasons. It was nonsense. They lose to Southern Illinois, so Southern Illinois will have a chance to play South Dakota State. Southern Illinois in that first meeting with South Dakota State was. Super competitive, only losing forty-four to three. Uh, so I <laughs> wasn't Southern Illinois the same team that beat North Dakota State, like blew them out. Yeah. So here's the transitive property of FCS spring football: Southern Illinois blows out North Dakota State. North Dakota State blows out North Dakota. Mm-hmm. North Dakota beats South. Yeah, South Dakota State. God, I, what the is- Valley is a joke. Valley's just a bunch of frauds. Well, I do want to say this. I think at the midway point of this podcast to kind of wrap up our football talk, the CAA is undefeated in the FCA. <laughs> the Missouri Valley <laughs> is not. So who's the elite conference now? Great point. Do not go and look. At- <laughs> Don't look at that. The first round was a Missouri Valley, Missouri Valley matchup and someone had to lose. Nope. Do not let them tell you that. Gosh, But I'm excited for Sunday. I will say that because you got three games on TV. You've got Delaware, Jacksonville State, which could be ugly. So if you want to stream it, you can. That's you don't. So ugly. <laughs> you that, don't. That'll either be a 10-3 Delaware win or a 44-3 Jacksonville yes. State. <laughs> they're going to make it ugly and grind it out, or they're going to get blown off the field. I would agree with that. They looked so bad against Sacred Heart, and we were hyping them up all year. Automatic qualifier from the CAA. I'm still going to hype them up. They're still my dark horse. They're still my dark horse. I hope they make a run. I also hope that JMU can advance, obviously for, for wanting JMU to advance, but so much so that we don't just have this Valley Fest. I, I don't want the Valley Fest. Yeah. Because people are, I mean, North Dakota people are talking about a UND North Dakota State semifinal in the Fargo Dome. It's like, shut up. It's going to be JMU, Sam Houston State in Texas. <laughs> and I guess it would be in Texas because they're the two seed. As much as I want JMU to face North Dakota State at Bridgeport. It would be hilarious. That would be amazing. I also wouldn't hate a JMU, Sam Houston State just so the Missouri Valley gets shut up. That would be so funny. The only downside is then they have to go play in like 90-degree Texas in like some whatever that stadium is. But KC Keeler. Kingdom. He's a coach. <laughs> so right. it should be a fun weekend. Lots of Sunday games. And, uh, yeah, should we move on to some other goodness? Yeah, that was, a, that was a great football segment. It was kind of interrupted in the middle with a little bit of a emergency. So there might have been a weird little hiccup there in the middle. But I think- Medical emergency. I got my second vaccine today. Ooh. How's your arm feeling? My arm hurts, but I have no other symptoms. So That's I've, heard, I've heard that it can get you in the night. So we'll see how I sleep. But I get my Moderna vaccine May 5th. That's exciting. And I'm very scared because I've heard the Moderna. Oh, yeah, that might knock you out. It's going <laughs> to 
my girlfriend got it and uh she was very sick for about 24 hours yikes but she also got very sick after the first dose yeah i've just had tremendous arm pain i had tremendous arm pain after the first one and i also like i got really tired Mm. that was it I'm also a little baby about my arm pain, but it feels anything different than normal. I'm like, oh God. No, my, mine felt like I just got in like the best lift of my life. I don't lift, but it felt like I got the best lift of my life. Then. Okay. Grinding on shoulders. So to wrap up football, Jamie fans might be a little bit delusional. Let, mm-hmm. Let's temper expectations. This is a good team. Not great. The coaching staff will get them in the right spot, but this is going to be a test against North Dakota. It will. And just a reminder that the national championship game is May 16th in Frisco. Uh, see everybody there. Um, if you guys really want to buy us tickets to go, we will be fully vaccinated and able to fly. Yeah. And we will be more than well. I think we did this. I think we've done this every year. Jamie plays and we have the podcast where we said like, that we would take a free trip to. <laughs> if you guys buy us plane tickets, we'll get our own tickets into the stadium. But uh, completely agreed. Yeah. Maybe if Brian Reese is uh, listening, um, he'll get us. He'll hook us up. I can see it happening. Are we going to talk men's basketball, Jack? They added a, they added a big, sort of. <laughs> they added a six-seven Al- Alonzo Sewell. Hopefully, yes. I'm pronouncing that right. Great kid. Um, you quote tweeted his tweet. Yeah. Added me. Um, I think a Texas State fan somehow found it, and yes. he responded. Alonzo Sewell, well, the Texas yeah. State responded. Then Alonzo responded. I, that's the first recruit or the first transfer to do something like that, which is actually really cool. He was replying to like everyone who was wishing him well. I was like, wow, that's so fun. Yeah, so I really want him to, to be a monster. He's 6'7 from Texas State. You said in the outline, what do you want to say? Shout out every Withers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's, he's the biggest guy by about four inches they've added in this transfer. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have a forward. He plays down low too. So he's 6'7", but he's got some physical ability. He's not Dwight Wilson size, but he's like, he's not a twig either. So he can hold his own down there. It's interesting. They had a coach who resigned after racist remarks in September of 2020. He had played really well in two seasons under him. Then they got a new coach with a different style and his numbers dipped a little bit. So I think it wasn't a great fit for him. He'll come to JMU. I think he's going to fit well in what Byington's doing. He's a guy who can run the floor, but he's still got size. Yeah. Here, do you expect him to break into the starting five? Well, granted, we've, we've, we've had 15 different starting fives this offseason. <laughs> if, if we say them all, then we can just pull what we said and be like, we told you back in like April. I was the originator of small ball for JMU. I just want to throw that out there. You've always believed in the small ball. I don't know if he'll start necessarily, but I think he'll definitely get – 20-ish minutes a game, whether that's with Amadi at times or they just interchange them as like the five, not totally sure. Um, but I think he'll get legit run, mostly because there's no one else's size. It's it's crazy to me the amount of rotation. Like we're assuming that all these transfers are gonna make immediate impacts. Right. And if they do, it's crazy the depth they have. Look at guard. You have Hodge, Morse, and mm-hmm. I already forgot his North name. Dakota transfer came in. Yeah, and Falden from Winthrop. I don't. Those are your guard, and then you're like guard wing ish Mm -hmm. person. Molson Edwards. You could maybe throw Wooden in there unless you put him at like the four. Wooden, I feel like I'm forgetting Strickland. Yeah, Strickland's a little guard though. 
yeah, so throw him down. Like, it's just crazy that, that each position, it seems like, except for forward, they have a lot of people. I mean, they might go, like, 10 deep. I wouldn't hate it. I would not. No, I would it. love it. I kind of, I'm kind of holding out hope they do, like, a hockey shift at times where it's just, like, a full new five. I'm hoping Byington – well, we saw Byington's a good coach after this first year. I hope he's a great coach and he, like, mm-hmm. can understand who has the hot hand. So, like, if Vado's one night just bawling out and, like, he gets, like, 40 minutes mm-hmm. and then, or 38, I guess he has a two-minute breather. And then one night Jalen Hodge is balling out. He gets 35 minutes. Like, that's what I would like to see. Like, who has the hot hand? But also that, 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 that comes down to the team has to buy in and stuff like that. So yeah. I mean, a lot of storylines we can talk about for the rest of the season. Moving on to women's basketball. Yeah, they added a transfer to Taylor Hazendov, I believe it's pronounced from, from Georgia State. Really interesting uh, transfer because Rain Tucker went to Towson. She's from Maryland, so I think maybe that's why she went home. But a tough loss with, with Rain. Huge loss. Yeah. And now they've added a uh, forward type who averaged like 12 and eight last year. It was interesting because like <laughs> the Georgia state stat page wasn't updated. So I think Shane Metlin had tweeted that like, she only played in one game this season. And then he was like, wait, they just have like a very confusing website. And it turns out she averaged 12 and eight. was like a really good player <laughs> this year as well. <laughs> so uh, once that confusion was sort of settled, I guess on JMU Twitter, it's a good addition. Like they're going to be really good next year. Yeah. Moving on to Olympic, well, I just got to say, with women's basketball, we talked about it all season. They were the perfect pandemic team. Next season, I expect them to be nearly unbeatable in the CAA. Kiki's growth, these transfers they've added. The Rain Tucker loss is huge, but they just practically had a throwaway year where they all could just work together and come together. I expect big things. Let's hope. (laughs) Olympic sports. I think so, too, yeah. And also worth noting, I think Kamaya Smalls is on the Indiana Fever. No. Ro- so she's on someone's roster Connecticut for. Sun. Is on. it the Sun? Get it right. Hold on, let me check. She's I thought it. Free. Is it the Sun? Yeah. Let me check. Let me check. You could be correct because they have similar. They have similar colors. Someone tweeted, "She's at a WNBA camp." I'll say that. Yeah, she is. It's the Connecticut Sun. Are we confirmed? You're confirming, but I'm right. Okay, you moved to field hockey while I type. Um, field hockey, they had a fantastic run in the CAA tournament. Um, unfortunately, they fell to Delaware in the CAA final. Jim, you built a 2-0 lead. Delaware came back. They scored the equalizer with less than 30 seconds, I believe, in the championship game. They ended up falling 3-2 in overtime. Just a tough, tough loss. Um, but they're six and two on the season. But the way that the tournament's kind of set up, uh, they're not making the the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, they had to win. Very the true. It's the Sun. You're right. You got it. You're a WNBA wizard. <laughs> I forgot she signed with the Sun. I so did. she's on their training camp roster, which I guess has to get cut down because it's a lot of players. She balled out in Italy though with her team when we when we had the interview, which highly recommend if you guys have not listened to. I believe it's on YouTube. It's a few episodes back. If you scroll mm-hmm. down a bit. Um, not toot my own horn because I didn't ask the best questions. Kamaya is just a great interview and was talking about her experience overseas in Italy right now. And just what she saw the team this season and what her experience was like. It was a great time, but um, she balled out over in Italy. I think she was the team uh, scoring leader. Just great stuff. Do you want to move on to softball? Yes, yeah, softball 27-1. That's not bad. 
14 and one in the league. They've got like four games left. Um, might have to win the league to get a tournament berth. I don't know how they're how the committee views them, but typically when they even when they play a decent schedule, the committee doesn't view them well. So the softball committee is one of the worst committees in the world. But anyway, um, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. They're playing really Last well. They committee. Okay, they're pretty bad. Anything involved with JMU in a committee, I don't, I don't really love. But they got a few games left in the CA tournament. Um, they're definitely an NCAA caliber team, which is exciting. So we'll see how that all shakes out with them. But they're playing well. Obviously, Alexander's healthy, which is big. Moving on to lacrosse. Dukes are surging at the right time. CAA semis on May 7th. Yeah, they beat Elon. They, they lost like five to four the first time, and then they won yeah. like 15 to nine. <laughs> so they're playing better lacrosse. They have won a few games in a row. And then, yeah, they don't have a game until May 7th with the CAA semifinals, but they have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Baseball, seven and 11, four and five in the CAA. You put in the outline, just kind of a meh team and a meh season. But here's the thing. We got to get Nick on again soon to maybe in a two or three weeks to talk about them. the season might be over then, actually. So maybe we can wrap up. Um, they're not a meh team. They've got some pieces, but it's they like. Have, they have, <laughs> they have Trey Dabney, who I think was a CAA like rookie of the year or something like that. They have um, DeLauder. They have Nick Stewart, Justin Showalter. Showalter missed a little bit, though. He did, he did. But but just the fact that they're a meh team is yeah. ludicrous and is a complete – don't get – I don't even watch <laughs> and they get me so upset. Like, we got to get Nick on to calm me down. I just hate that this team is a meh team. They should not thought, be a meh team with that roster and that talent. I thought Nick had – maybe I'm getting the teams mixed up. I thought he had said that William Mary wasn't very good. Um, you kind of said to the whole CAA this season is a little meh. Because, like, they just lost the series to them. They're 3-3 three and three against the College of Charleston, but they've had some some yucky losses. And part of it, too, is, like, I mean, they're on again, off again with COVID. Like, they've probably been the program that's had the most COVID issues of any JMU team. I don't know. At some point, you have to – I mean, I don't know how you judge him off the last two years, I can bury, because they haven't played that much. But, like, at some point, you've got to get the program – trending somewhere i think he's on the last year of his contract yeah because didn't they give him like a one-year bump or something just to see how but it was still a covid affected year does he get another one-year bump we're going to be looking back this is going to be row where we're looking back and we're like we fired him three years too late <laughs> we'll see what happens it's just i don't know i think that we've talked about this before but like the valley loves baseball man like if they were somewhat respectable they get crowd. I remember, like my freshman sophomore year, you could go to a baseball game. You might be the only <laughs> two people there. If you look at softball; they literally built new bleachers to fill. I granted it was also the super re- the regional that they were hosting, and it, and it was trying to attract that they could ho- host a super regional in the future. But they mm. pack their stadium each game. Yeah, they get people okay. in there. Baseball. I would work those games for athletics, and it would be us in the press box and like three. The Turks, no offense to the Turks, we both interned for them. We loved every minute with it. Mm-hmm. But the Turks probably tripled the attendance of Jamie baseball, which is just crazy to me. Right, because, like, obviously the Turks are, are there every summer, but the, the roster has tons of turnover, and the roster has lots of, like, non-Virginia connections. Literally, 
California kids are on the team. Like it's literally a new roster every year. Right. And it's like fun to go out in the summer, but at the same time, like it seems like it'd be really easy to rally around like a top 25 college program. You see with other teams in the state, like UVA is pretty solid. They get people Virginia tech when they play well, even like Liberty's legit. VCU has a good team. Like there's really no excuse for JMU to not be good at baseball. They have the facilities. They have the Mm -hmm. money. Whatever. Golf. (laughs) Golf. Men finished third in the CAA championship. The real storyline from that is that, like, Hofstra, someone shot a 97 in one of the rounds. I don't know how these kids are on scholarship, but anyway. I um, can shoot a 97. (laughs) You saw my drives. (laughs) Straighten those up. I'm shooting a 74. He had a 15 on a hole. I was shot. I was looking at the golf stats that through the first round and I was like, how in the world do they, and also Hofstra, like seems like a team that program that wouldn't have one just because of how North they are, but I guess they have a team. Anyway, men finished third women made the NCAAs They're in Louisville regional. It starts on like May 10th. They're 17. They're seated 17th out of the 18 teams. They have absolutely no expectations, but the team is young. So it's like a cool experience. Great stuff. I think, I think that's it. I don't probably miss something, but. I don't know what else is happening. I loved every minute. Oh, tennis. The women. Did we talk about tennis? Women's oh, no. Tennis you you got to talk. You got to talk about tennis. I probably get. You're the one that's been, uh, texting Dom about these historical notes. Women's tennis. They won the CAA title. They've won. They had never won a CAA title like a couple of years ago. And now they've won two in their first two seasons with Shelly. I'm going to mispronounce her last name. It's like Jowdon or something like that. that Dom will kill but it, it's but crazy. We'll have to get that. They had built the program with that old coach. Yeah. And they had um, Liz Norman, was her name? James Bryce. Yes. Liz Norman. Thank you. I was like, James Bryce was not her name. That was the co- No, that was the coach. <laughs> um, yeah, they had built this program, and it was, everything was trending in the right direction. Then he left. She transferred. Yeah. And everyone was like, uh-oh. And then Shelly comes in first season. They take down William & Mary in the CA championship. Next season, they win again. Absolutely amazing for them. Amazing for that program. Just fantastic. Like it, it's, it also falls on us since we're a JMU media outlet, but they need more coverage, man. Yeah. I hope they at least get some increased breeze stuff. It'd be cool if the DNR would give them something too, but we'll see what happens with all that, that you coverage. But if we just text Dom. Yeah, Dom. we should probably do that. <laughs> Dom will look us up. The other thing I was going to say, though, it's crazy how many JMU programs, maybe we're spoiled, but contend for conference titles on the regs. Every team, except for baseball. It, that's why baseball is so frustrating. Men's golf, not really. They, they were loaded, though, pre-pandemic. They were, like, filth and were, like, really contending, and then I think their guys ended up leaving. Oh, that's right, because you were so, like, you were yeah. high on them. I, I was absurdly high on them. And then I think it's kind of a, a little roster shuffle. But now with men's basketball good, there's really no weakness. Baseball. Other than, <laughs> than baseball. We got to get, give Bob Weiss a year and just see how it goes. I would actually not be opposed to that. I love Bob Weiss. Or at I- least that. I think his way of playing baseball, and this is now, I think we're going to, we're going to look at the statistics of this episode. <laughs> where it all falls off. Um, I think his way of playing baseball, small ball, let's just move the runners. Let's, let's get men on base and let's just hit it to the gaps. No power. I think that would do really well at the college game. I will say that it would be interesting at the very least 
if they sent like more kids to that to the Turks in the summer or something. I know they've they've sent some in the past, but like the dude is maybe the most competitive person I've ever met. Like I think that attitude is something that JMU could very much benefit from. Not saying like they're hiring him, but I think you're allowed three or four players per team. Oh, is that what it is? So, I mean, but they should load up those three or four players. But I remember they had Josh Jones my year when I was interning mm-hmm. with them. First at bat of the season. My man hit a weak grounder to short, and he tried to run it out. Hits his ankle weird on the bag and rolls it. Gets pulled. Coach, Coach Eikenberry calls up Bob Weiss, and he's like, Josh Jones is done. <laughs> Like what? Um, that was the other thing I will say about the Valley is like the college coaches just kind of seemed like uh, dicks. Yeah. They're <laughs> prima donnas, man. They would call and be like, Hey, my kid doesn't want to be there anymore. It's like, he's been here for a week. He can, he can spend it like, summer in Harrisonburg, man. The amount of times you'd be like watching a game and you're like, why is this kid bunting? Or why is this kid swinging for the fences when he's clearly a contact hitter? And then you talk yeah. after the game with the coaches, and they're like, yeah, the coach called and said they want to work on this part yeah. of the game, so we have to kind of oblige. It's like, <laughs> crazy. The other thing is, like, the kids who really wanted to leave and did anything to get out of there, like, there are a lot worse things than you could do than playing, like, baseball occasionally in the summer in Harrisonburg and, like, hanging out the rest of the time. I – yeah. It, you played <laughs> – God, that, that that summer was so fun. I traveled with the team too to go on all the away games. We'd get in the charter bus and go down to <laughs> I forgot they had the buses. Uh, it was, but it was it was great because the Turk and this was like a recruiting thing they used. The Turks had charter buses, and then if you looked at the Covington Lumberjacks, which aren't the most resource heavy team, it was like an old school bus that they bought and painted white, and then like put a kind of new motor in that would break down every now and then. Valley League's great when the college kids would like commit to what the manager's telling them. Like if they buy in, like it's sweet. If they buy in, so I keep bringing up Covington, but Covington was traditionally just like this sad team that was like the you went down there and you got an easy dub. They got a new coach when I was interning there, and then their entire team bought in, and they had this kid named JD Mundy who's from Virginia Tech. He transferred. I think he's at Radford or something now, or he might even graduated, but he was like this huge power hitter and the three or four spot would just clean the bases every time. And the whole team bought in and they just like destroyed the Valley. Like it was insane. The run they went on. We love the Valley league. Let's just talk about, let's have a podcast all about the Valley. (laughs) We should do a Valley podcast. (laughs) Bo, anything else you got to add? I think that's it for me. I'm excited for Sunday, Sunday night, 6 PM. I'm part of me is pulling for North Dakota State because I kind of want to beat the living hell out of them. And oh, 100% I'm pulling for North Dakota State. I I really hope we can be there. I just don't think that they have the horses to keep up with a team like Sam Houston that has so much program pedigree. You can pull that and throw that on Twitter and see if we can get some Bison fans upset. But we That's actually not a terrible idea. We should do a couple of hot takes like that. <laughs> if you send me a hot take, I would not. Like a stu- no, just write another – if if you guys want to click out of this podcast, there's nothing that is going to be informative said from here on out. Um, you, you need to, if we play North Dakota State, if Jamie plays North Dakota, oh, State, 
another one of those articles that That's had a great idea. 15,000 page clicks because North Dakota State <laughs> found it. Oh, I'll, have to, I'll have to talk about how they're like unseated or something. And just be like, North Dakota State's the best team ever. What do you mean? They're not even seated. They suck. They lost a game. <laughs> I'll just, I should say that Trey Lance was the program or something. And I'll be like, oh, there's so many years before Trey. Just that say, one always gets the math. <laughs> I don't get that one. Like, that one. <laughs> but clearly, your program isn't that great. Trey Lance left three years early. He hated the culture. Matt Entz sucks. Coach of the year, my hands. How did he? Okay, whatever. Okay, for anything else? No, I'm good. Okay, for Ben Conlon, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. If you guys haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a five or a four, preferably a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. Or a four. <laughs> He'll take anything, guys. <laughs> um, check us out on our home on the web, www.jmusportsnews.com. Uh, we haven't posted a lot of content there, but hopefully things can ramp back up. Life is crazy, isn't it? Um, find us on Twitter at JMU Sports News, Facebook, JMU Sports News, really wherever you can find us for JMU Sports News. So you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.